So we're going to preach a message tonight, The Zeal of Phineas, subtitle, Which Phineas Are You? Tonight I'm going to tell the story in Scripture. I want you to get your Bibles ready because we're going to run through it. I'd li- I want to tell, I-, I-, I like to read history. I like to read the leather stocking tales, The Last of the Mohicans, uh, Hawkeye, White Feather. How many have ever read those books? Okay, so James Fenimore Cooper, if you know uh, the, uh, uh, the Leather Stocking Tales, he starts, the best book, he starts when the man's about dead looking over the higher river because he fell into a fireplace in his old age. He propped himself up against the cabin and begins to remember his life going back to when he was a child. So tonight I'm going to start the scripture by way of introduction when, and we're going to talk about a person and you can turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 25. As you turn there, can I have uh, uh, the older Phineas come on up and you stand over here, my friend. All right, uh, this is Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron in his old age, okay? Now that's not a bad thing. He was leading all of Israel at this time. Not only was he the patriarch, but he's the, he's the charge of everything. All right, you got your scripture ready to go. And then this here is the same guy at middle age. You'll stand over there next uh, by a you know carbon older carbon copy of you there. Okay, I'll put this in here for this point. Okay. Then I need the teenage Phineas to come up here, and he's going to stand right over here. All right. So, uh, all right. He's the skinniest Phineas on this platform. All right. And might be the ugliest. I don't know. We'll look at that in just a moment. So stand right there. Are you nervous? You better be. All right. And then we got a handmaiden's going to bring the baby Phineas up. Okay. Okay. And it's a, it's a really, there's a doll baby in there, but he's got blue sneakers on, so we don't want to lose the plot. Are you ready? Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and here it is. Is this the same Phineas? And when I ask that question, you say, yes, it is. Let's practice. Ready? Yes, it is. I didn't ask you the question yet. Okay. <laughs> is this the same Phineas? The answer is, yes, it is. If it's not, you want to disagree with Scripture, you just sit there quietly. Okay? Now, now watch very carefully here as we get into this. Numbers chapter 25. He's a teenager. The Bible says this in verse 11. You guys get your scriptures ready. I'll be coming to you in just a moment. Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, hath turned my wrath away, this is God speaking, from the children of Israel, while he was zealous for my sake among them, and I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Now, if you give me your attention for just a moment as I unwrap this, Israel was living in sin. And we'll look at that in just a few moments. I want you to catch this. Knowingly, she was turning her back on God. And God is going to judge her. 24,000 people will be dead in this plague in just a few minutes on one morning. And Moses said, God wants us to execute the judgment of this plague. And the nation was mourning. It was crying. It was in shock. Sitting there before the tabernacle, or, uh, the, the tabernacle. Uh, they had uh, the, uh, people sitting by tribes. They had the leadership up front. But Ms. Israel was in a mess. And tonight's message is going to be very basic. You need to stand by being right. And secondly, you need to stand by doing right. And thirdly, you need to stand by staying right. That's basically the outline. You let that hover over the thought process as I go through this tonight. 
Because I'm going to show you a lot of scripture. I'm going to connect God's word. God's word, this is the greatest thing it's ever, I'm telling you what. It is unbelievable. When you study it and go through it, you'll go, oh my, I never saw that before. That's actually in there. And I'm telling you, God will bless. Thy word shall I hide, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? And when you study that thing, it'll direct your paths and all that ways acknowledge him. I want to just kind of get that across to you tonight because we're living in a day and age when there is a great falling away. And I traveled this year about 40 weeks in meetings, revival, a lot of missions. Did a, a, a four youth camps this summer. Just finished a youth revival last week. The pastor called me this afternoon and said, three more senior high kids trusted Christ as our Savior from Friday's message. And Friday's message was this. Make the decision. Your choices always have consequences. And uh, 3.30 in the morning, Pastor Tangema was with me. We was going to Dulles Airport. Got out of my hotel. It's like I'm staying in here. And I took the church van and drove it to the church and met him there. But when I walked in my van, there was a, a guy following me in a hooded sweatshirt. I thought I was going to get robbed. Little did he know he was dealing with the ninja. But, and uh, <laughs> Folks, I'm too old to get robbed, okay? I just take the keys, go. It's not my van. It's the church's, you know. <laughs> Have at it. Who cares? Amen. And, uh, and so, and, and, and what do you want? I turned. And they shocked back. And, and uh, it was a young lady about you girls' age. And she said, I, I want your room. Her face, teeth were gone, pot-marked by meth. I said, how old are you? She says, 22. I said, where do you live? Nowhere. I said, well, listen, no, you're not going to get my room because I'm checking out early. But can I give you a track? And she said, if you're not going to give me your room, I don't want anything you've got. And she walked over and sat down underneath a bush. When she did, as I drove away from that incident, I realized she was some mom's daughter. She's some dad's daughter. She's some grandmother's grandchild. Some grandfather's grandchild. She has no life, and it's a mess, just that one altercation I had. But I want tonight to let you know that if she had a godly family, if she had godly parents, I don't think she'd be in that position she's in. I just want to encourage you tonight as I preach this message. I'm not preaching about her, I'm preaching about us and our responsibility and our accountability. So as we look through this thing backwards... Let me show you in chapter 25, verse 11. Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron. That's the guy's name. Now, for time's sake, I want you to sit still. And I want to go to uh, Brother uh, Simpson here. And he's going to be the old man in chapter 20, book of Judges, verse 27, 28. You sit and listen to him. He's going to read it out loud from that position. Now he's the leader of all of Israel. He's not only the high priest. He's running the army, keeping the government together. Read these verses, please. Is this the same Phineas in Numbers chapter 25? The answer is? Yes. All right, let's go a little closer when he gets a little younger. And, and I need to help you down here, Brother Old Phineas. You can go this way here. Yeah, we're going to buy, rewind the tape here. Be careful going down the steps. So he's, okay. he's an old gentleman. Now we're going to look at him about 40 years before this statement. Brother Robbie, you read. Now, you'll see this here. He's in Scripture again in Justice 22, verse 30 and 31. Read that for us. 
Is this the same Phineas in Numbers 25? And is this the same Phineas in Joshua 22? The answer is? Yes. All right, now let's look closer. Now, y'all, in Numbers 25, look at verse 7 and 8 as the teenage Phineas reads that, that verse, those verses. Now, is this the same one that we see in Joshua and Judges, the same Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron? And, of course, the answer is? Oh, now, if you know where the book of Exodus is, let's go when he's a little child. In Exodus chapter 6, the Bible tells us in verse 25, it makes this statement. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 6 and verse 25. Bible tells us here, And Eliezer, Aaron's son, took him one of the daughters of Patil to wife, and she bare him, a Phine- bare him Phineas. <clears throat> These are the heads of the fathers of the Levites according to their families. Is this... There's this Eliezer, the daddy of the same Phineas. In Numbers 25 in Joshua and Judges, the answer is? And that's him right here. The handmaid's holding him. Don't let him wake up and cry. Go take him down there and have a seat. All right, this is going to be the teenage Phineas. He's going to be with me for just a moment. You know how to put that thing in there, you know, stick it in the tent, you know, take care of business. Are you ready? All right, here we go. He won't be up here long. Then we're going to get in the message. Join me in Numbers chapter 25. <clears throat> Would you see this with me? I know we got teenagers in here, and I'm going to be very discreet as I preach this. Israel was in a sin, terrible sin. She went in the ungodly way. She went to worship the god Baal Peor. It says in verse 2, And they called the people into the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat, and they bowed down to their gods. Verse 1 says, And Israel bowed in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. You know, Moab, the Moabites in the land of Moab is always known as God's washpot in, in Scripture. It's the bottom of the heap. It's the bottom of the dump. And the Bible says here, And the anger of the Lord in verse 3 was kindled against Israel. The Lord said to Moses, take all the heads of the people and hang them before the Lord against the sun. That fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, shall ye every one his man that was joined unto Baal Peor. 24,000 of them they hung that morning as the sun came up in the trees. And the clans and the nation was in mourning because of the sin. They were under God's judgment. And Moses said unto the, uh, verse 6, And behold, one of the children of Israel, a, a prince, he was one of the big shot's son, he, he brought unto his brother and a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses, in the sight of all the congregation. Can you get this? They're mourning and weeping and getting right with God. And this guy was so arrogant. There's nobody going to touch me. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Uh, you know, I can do what I want to do. I don't answer to anybody. Does that sound like America today? And the Bible says this, that who, who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle, the congregation. And now there was a tent down by that, by that door, a pavilion-like thing. And when Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, saw Zimri bring Cusby, put her in that tent, and going to go in and do an immoral thing with her, he, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went in after the man of Israel into the tent. So stick that spear inside that tent. It's a walking stick, make-believe spear, put it in there. Okay, good. Let's do it like this. Uh, You ready? So it'll kind of hang out there and they'll all see it. Thank you. Go ahead and get a seat. All right, now, he executed judgment. He actually did something. Stop the tape. It's a teenager, not the high priest, 
not the, uh, the pastor, not the mayor, not the judge. He stood up and executed judgment. How did he know to do that? Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron. Aaron, Moses, and Eliezer taught him what to do, when to do it, and how to go about it. And that young man was being right when he stood up. And he was doing right when he executed judgment. And he stayed right till the day he died. Now, I'm telling you, all God's people said, that's what I want for my family. That's what you want for yours. But you have to make a conscious, volitional decision that you're going to do that. It just doesn't happen hearing a pastor preach. It doesn't just happen listening to something on the radio. It's a heart thing. You know, it's not a dress code. It's not a hair code. It's a heart code. And I'm telling you what, the other Phineas in, in 1 Samuel, he looked religious, but he was a reprobate that did not know God at any level. And he was supposed to be the high priest. He looked right, but he was a terrible sinner. We'll talk about him at the end. This Phineas was just a teenager. And I want you to catch this as you all look with me in, the, in, in, in Numbers chapter 25. This Phineas, he come out of the wilderness with Moses. He come out of, with Joshua, Caleb. He come out, he, he come out with them, and, and, but he was just a kid. They came out because of things they did right. He was under the age of 20. And when he come out of Egypt, I'm telling you, there's something special about him. So as people read this story... What, what, what does God think of this guy? He just killed two people in front of all of Israel. What is, oh my goodness, he needs to be judged. He's not a good kid. I'm telling you what, his parents have failed. He, not anybody else. He, who is he to go up and do it? Oh man, he must be really self-centered and arrogant. Well, let's see what God thinks. You ready? Chapter 25. Look at this with me. And uh, look what he says. Verse 10. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Hey, you know what? I like this, Phineas. <laughs> That's what verse 20 says. Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, hath turned my wrath away. I know who that kid is. From the children of Israel, while he was zealous for my sake, he did it for me, and I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy because of him. One guy, one child. He's just like Daniel. I mean, he made the right decision. He's just like Joseph in Egypt. Man, how, did he, how in the world did he do this on his own? Well, his mom and dad was there. No, he's the only one to stand up and execute judgment. Catch this. Look what God says to him, verse 12. Wherefore, say, behold, I give him my covenant of peace. Now watch this. He shall have it and his seed after him, even the covenant of everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God, and he made an atonement for the children of Israel. He did right in the right way. He did right in the right time. He did, and I'll tell you what, not only did he get right, not, not only did he do right, <clears throat> and, and when he stayed right, he, he was always being right. And God promised him. I, I know you want that for your families, right? So I hope you make a decision tonight, if you have not yet, to dedicate this process. The question is, which Phineas are you? The thought is, are you zealous for God when it comes to your family? And as I unwrap this for you, I want you to catch it with me. That, and I, don't, you, don't you think you're better than anyone else? That's not what I'm saying. But you raise your kids right. They may not turn out like you want, but you do the best you can for God. God will bless you for that. Amen? Now listen carefully here. 
Do you want God's blessing in your life, teenagers? Well, yes, I do. Parents, do you want the blessing in your children's life? Well, of course you do. Grandparents, do you want the same thing? Yes, preacher, that's why we're all in this together. Now, I want you to understand. He said, I made a covenant with him. I'm going to bless him all through ever. Till he returns a second time in the sky. Ever. How many believe that? Preacher, you show me uh, where it started and how it's gone. I think I might believe that. Great, great statement. Hey, follow me now, would you, for a couple of moments? Let's go through Scripture, and then I'll get my outline. I want you all to turn with, in your Bibles with me, please. Go to 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 14. I want you to catch this. 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 14. <clears throat> now, he said this in Numbers, and I'm going to bless him, my covenant. It's going to be everlasting. He made an atonement. He went in there and killed Zimri and Cuzbi. The, he, they're the son of the Zalu, the prince of the chief house of the Simeonites. And man, he executed judgment. And, and, and he, uh, yes, he killed those two right there. But he did it before my sake. And I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with him. And his clan and his family are going to run. They're going to be all through high priest and leading the religious aspect of Israel. Here we go. First Chronicles 6 verse 4. Now watch this. Now Eliezer beget Phineas, Same guy, right? Phineas beget Abushai. Now these are hard names, right? And Abushai beget Bukah, and Abukah beget Uzzah, and Uzzah beget <coughs> Zechariah, and Zechariah beget Miharoth, and Miharoth beget Mariah, and Mariah uh, uh, beget Ahitub, and Ahitub beget Zadok, and Zadok beget Hamaz, and Hamaz beget Azariah, and Azariah beget Johanan. Stop! That's the 10th generation, the 10th grandfather down. And Johanan begat Azariah. He it is that executed the priest's office in the temple of Solomon, built in, of Solomon built in Jerusalem. This is the great, 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 great grandson of Phineas, the son of El. Is God keeping his part? Yes. Now you watch this, not done yet. Join me, please. Let's follow him. Five more generations down the track. Go in your Bibles with me to Ezra chapter 7. You know, Ezra, in chapter 7 there, uh, they found the Bible, and, and uh, uh, Ezra built a pulpit, and Ezra could read the Bible. Not very many people could. Let's see how Ezra is related to our, 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 our star tonight, our hero, Phineas, the son of Eliezer. And, now, <laughs> I tell you, it gets a hard reading here, but I, let's go, we're going to go through this backwards. All right? The first uh, genealogy was frontwards. Pick it up going backwards. Look at now. After these things, uh, chapter 7, uh, in the reign of uh, uh, Artaxerus, the king of Persia, Ezra, the son of Sirah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hekelah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitub, here they come, the son of Hamiah, the son of Azariah, the son of Meharoth, the son of Zeharah, the son of Uzzah, the son of Bukah, the son of Abushai, the son of, there he is. Whoa! Can I say it in slow motion? Whoa. It's unbelievable, is it not? Fifteen times removed. It's still going on. And you don't want to take the time to raise your children. They are your heritage. Can I tell you? They are the heritage of God. Don't mess with that. What a wonderful opportunity. You need to be dedicated to this, okay? I got seven kids between the age of, good night, 54 and 22. I don't want any more, okay? Uh, I got grandkids. They can keep them, all right? But I'm going to do all I can to help raise them for God. 
How many understand what I'm saying here? They're watching me. My grandson called me last night. His uh, mother sent me a, he's playing football. Now, eight years old, weighs 80 pounds, wet with all his gear on. And he made his first tackle last night. You thought he won the Super Bowl, amen? You know, and, and uh, he called me. He said, hey, Grandpa. He calls me Boo-Boo. Hey, Boo-Boo, yeah. Hey, he said, listen, did you see my video? Yeah, boy, I'm telling you. What do you think? Because I know you played football. Did I look good? I said, you know what? You did catch that guy in tackling. You look pretty good. Hey, see, Dad? Grandpa said, I am good. <laughs> he was hungry for my approval. He was hungry for my guidance. Parents, it's built into them. You grandparents, don't you just slough them off. God's put it in their blood for you. Parents, God's put it in your blood for you. I tell you, if our men in our homes across this nation would take the, take the accountability and responsibility to raise their young men and young daughters for God or just raise them, be in their life, it'd be a lot different country we're living in today. We've lost all of that. It's snuck into our churches. You think the church is going to raise your child. They'll help you, but that's not their responsibility. It's yours, amen? And I want you to catch this with me. When that little guy stood up, that teenager stood up, he took that spear. He didn't ask permission. He knew he was doing right. Grandpa and, and, and grandma and mom and dad. That's why he's always recognized at this because there's other finishes in the Bible and really a bad one, Eli's son. And there can't be no mix-up on this. Names are spelt the same. Both were in that priestly uh, run. Both were in that, in that clan. But one of them was bad. This one was good. And God said, I'm going to make an everlasting covenant. That is till God returns. Till that trump sounds. According to word, God's word. Now let me show you something. Really, I really get excited on. You ready? Go to Psalm 106. All right. And I'll get off of this in just a minute. You know, there's another guy in Scripture that God blessed, another lasting covenant, because it was accounted to him for righteous sake. He, he, he went up there and was going to put his son on that altar and had the knife up in the air, and then there was a ram in the thicket. What was that guy's name? Hey, you know your Bible. Abraham. All right, one guy last week, last week said, was it Moses? It wasn't Noah. You know, and now it's Abraham. There's a second guy in Scripture, the same thing's accounted for, and God makes a covenant with him because he did the right thing in the right day and the right way according to God's will. Look at, look at this. Uh, this starts out distressing, but we'll look at verse 24 at 106. Yea, they despise the pleasant land. These are God's people. They believe not his word. But murmured in Psalm 106, verse 25, in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness and overthrow their seed also among the nations and to scatter them in the lands. And they joined themselves into Baal Peor and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger and their inventions and the plague breaking upon them. Then stood up Phineas and executed judgment and to the plague it was stayed and that was counted unto him for what? Unto all generations forevermore. Isn't this amazing? I want to tell you young men something. When the devil comes to tempt you, when he comes to test you to sin, just stand up. You get right, you be right, you stay right, and you do right because you've got to all, you better think of the end and the beginning. David didn't. Samson didn't. Judas didn't. How'd that work out for them? But those guys in Scripture that always did the right thing on the right time, on the right day, the right way. God has always blessed them. I wrote down three thoughts tonight, and that is this, and I'll be done. 
That doesn't mean I'll be done quickly, but I'll be done between now and 9, 30, 10 o'clock. All right? Now, now watch this. <laughs> if, I, if I'm here at 9 o'clock, you'll be by yourself. Amen? We'll be by ourselves. Look what it says here. Number one, I wrote this down about him. He, 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 st- he stood or he, st- he, st- he stand or he stood by being right. You know, the Bible tells me in, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, now listen to this. It says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart, in all thy ways, and lean not in thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Then I slide over to chapter 4. It says this in verse 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. And that father will say, for I give you good doctrine. Forsake not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also. Now watch this. Let not thy heart retain my, let thy heart retain my words. Keep my, mechan- uh, my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get what? understanding. Verse 10, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Now I want you to catch this. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is this is the first commandment with a promise that you're going to what? Live a little bit longer. I want you to understand something here. If you stand for what's right you, and, you, and for being right, don't ever back down from that. All right. I've been in churches, I've been at camps, where the wrong teens try to lead the thing. The wrong college kids try to lead the thing. And some parents say, oh, just let them be. They're, they're kids. Let them express themselves. No. How did that work for those guys expressing themselves with Baal Peor? Not with a big hashtag. 24,000 of them hanging there facing the sun of the east. The nation's weeping. Should have cleaned this up about 10 years before, okay? Only one-tenth of the population brought the judgment of God on that whole, whole Israeli com- country there in the wilderness. Only one-tenth. You catch that? Now listen very carefully. Not only that, number two, you just do right. What did David said? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? Against thee. Now let's, let's do something. I wrote down a character in the Bible, Joseph. Joseph. Now I'm telling you, how and did he do what he did? How did he know to make the right decisions? And I wrote down here in his thought, he just did what was right when it came time to do it. Uh, Join me, please, if you want to see this. Go to Genesis chapter 39. You know, he sold into slavery. Potiphar's wife messing with him. The devil's trying to destroy him to get rid of them. This was not my notes. I'm just going to add. I want you to see this because I've studied this before. You know, nowhere in Scripture will you ever find that Joseph ever, ever prayed to God. I've studied, I can't find him praying to God. But the Bible says every time he gets in a, a tight situation, and the Lord was with him. Look at chapter 39. Let's look at verse 2. Look what happens here. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. He'd been sold into slavery, never to go back home during his childhood. His brothers didn't find him until several years later. Now when he went there, it says the Lord was with Joseph. Wow. You think Joseph knew that? I think he did. He tells me 
later on in the chapter. So he took care of Potiphar's business. God blessed that thing. It was taken off. I mean, he was making money for his master. And now look at, cha- look at verse 20. And Joseph's master in the same chapter took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisons were bound. And he was there in that prison. You know why? Because his wife tried to get him to sin with her. Potiphar's wife tried to get Joseph to sin with her. He said, no, no, no. Not in the story. She tuned it up. She came after him. And when she, when she grabbed him, he tore off that coat and he ran. He wasn't going to, he flee, flew, he got away from that thing. Now, men, when you take a stand, you don't play with the devil. You get away from him, amen? You don't play with the devil's crowd. You don't play with the devil's bunch. Because that's, no, that, that's their, their first name, the devil's bunch, okay? Well, I, my kids can go here and there. and do, They can mix. I, okay, fine. But I guarantee you, they're going to bring some of that stuff home. They're, you're going to, they're going to hear that you're wrong. They're going to hear that, oh, you're too biblical. Going to hear that you've got too many standards. No, it's not standards. It's God's word. It's his promise. Now, I want you to catch this. And when, when it really got tight for him, he said, how can I do this great wickedness? Not just wickedness. And sin against my God. And it says after that, and the Lord was with him. He got thrown into prison. Wait a minute. It says later, and the Lord was with him. Can I tell you, every decision you make, if you work on the thought to stand for being right and then doing right, understand the Lord is with you. I'm not only preaching to kids, I'm preaching to parents. When a kid or, or a child will rise up, someone's got pretty strong personalities, don't they? Amen? And they get that from their mom and dad. All right? And, and, and you want that. but you want it under God's control. Amen? Let me give you the last thought tonight, and that is this. Stay right. Stay right. I have a lesson I teach, five things you never tell students or teenagers. And one of the last thing is I give up. There's no hope for you. Go do what you want. Parents don't ever say that to any child that you've raised. Amen. Another thing parents don't need to say is, well, it's all right with you. It's all right with me. Are you kidding me? Oh, preacher, I want them to love me. I don't, <laughs> you don't give them. Remember the pecking order. You came first. Children obey your parents in the, not what some other teenager thinks. Amen. Now, now watch this very carefully. And I want you to catch this with me. When you stay right in this, God is going to bless you in a wonderful way. He did for Joseph. And I, I wrote down Daniel. He did it for Daniel. Their parents weren't there. It was after the fact. But they were trained right before they got to that place. You know, stand for what's right. Being right and doing right is easy to talk about. Pretty hard to do. But every time you do it, it's kind of like getting in shape. All right? I, uh, I went on a diet last year. Gained 12 pounds. <laughs> Going the wrong way, amen? And uh, some of us, you know, we try to do things and sometimes we're defeated. And sometimes we put off. Man, I'll start that diet next week. Or I'll get better next year. How many's, how, how many's ever done that? 
You put that in your calendar. I'll start in 2050 to work on this. You can't do that with your family. You have to do it now. And God has given them to you. You know, to stay right, it says children, you're supposed to honor your parents. And kids, listen, honor them. That's the first commandment with a promise. It's got a promise in it. But I told you tonight there's two Phineases. So I'm done with the first one, and I won't take long with the second one. Go with me to 1 Samuel, will you, please, chapter 4. As you slide there, you keep in mind, I'm talking about Phineas, the son of Eli. What a reprobate. Bad person. The Bible says that him and his brother Hophni, they, they were the sons of Belial, or devil. They looked like priests, but they weren't saved. Uh, they acted like priests, but they would sin right there in the front of the, uh, the tabernacle. And uh, they would do nothing. And Eli talked to them on several occasions, but he wouldn't do anything with them. And what's the young man that God raises up without parents? Samuel. They'd only see him once a year. See, they dedicated Samuel, God told him to, to help Eli. Because God told him Eli needs help. When that boy was just a little lad, he even had his own ephod, dressed like a little priest. He was doing the office of a priest before the Lord. Read it and study it. He worked under Eli. Eli's reprobate sons would have nothing to do with him. And in the process of time as a teenager, as a young man, the Bible is very clear. I challenge you to read it tonight. That God brought him up in God and God brought him up in the eyes of man. Don't you want that for your children? You have to dedicate them to the Lord. Now there's some hard things going on here in 1 Samuel. But in chapter 4, Hophni and Phinehas had lived so reprobate lives that the Philistine, the Philistine, they're coming to get to fight Israel. And every time before, they would take the Ark of the Covenant out and would win the battle. On this day, things went sideways because of their sin. Because God did say, I am going to judge them. Pick up the story, 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 19. And we'll just look at this real quick here. 1 Samuel chapter 4 verse 19. Let's see what the Bible tells us here. I want to catch up. Now, now the dollar-in-law, that's Phineas' wife, this is the bad Phineas, was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings of the ark of God was taken, Philistines took it, they lost the battle, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead. When Eli heard the story, he was an older man in the 90s, heavy, fell off the gate backwards and broke his neck and died. Her husband was killed when they took the ark from him. She bowed herself and travailed, for her pains came upon her, going to give birth. And about the time of her death, the women that stood by her said to her, Fear not, for thou hast born a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named this child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken. Now watch this. And because of her father-in-law and her husband. Eli, his two sons, was Hophani and Phinehas. And when they ran out into the battle that morning, they thought they had the power of God with them. You know better, don't you? You're going to get judged. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now listen, I'm not talking about sin. Whatsoever man sows, he shall also what? 
If you don't sow to raise your family for God, you will not reap a family for God. Careful here. Whatsoever man shall sow, that's how he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh, shall other flesh reap what? What kind of corruption? Your whole life turns into a root canal. <laughs> your life turns into a mess. You lose this one, you lose that one. I'm not making this up. I've been through it time and time again. But if who, who sows to their spirit, who sows to God's word, done in God's way according to God's will, shall reap life, there it is again, everlasting, that is a promise, that is a covenant that God has given to us. And we need to make that decision tonight, we're going to do this. Amen? Now, you may have heard this sermon before, you may have seen other people unwrap it, but most people don't go deep and look at this. And I want you to see this tonight because this is a good church. I can't pre preach this at all churches because they don't get the family. All right? You get the family. And there's a great opportunity here in this church. There's a great future for this church. And the devil's going to put a target on your back and he's not going to go after the vans. He's not going to go after the property. He's not going to go after the trees. He's not going to bring a drought. He's not going to bring a thunderstorm. He's going to come A1 right after your family. He's not changed his mode of operation. Very careful here. I want you to make sure that grandparents, you understand it's your responsibility. Parents, it's your responsibility. Young people, there's no young ones in here. It's your responsibility to do God's word according to God's will in God's way. You'll get right. You'll be right. You'll stay right. And at the end of the day, you will do right. My grandmother, her last name was Carpenter. She had long white hair to her hips. She kind of looked like a, <laughs> a lady that, uh, you know, you know, she should have been a Viking, all right? She was one tough lady. And uh, old school, and uh, she was my mom's mother. Uh, and she was an old-time Methodist. And, uh, and every Sunday, we would go to her house when I was about 10, 11, 12 years old and go eat uh, dinner. It was family dinner. It'd be five or six families, and we'd eat there. Kids would go out and play. And this particular day, Melissa Baker my Sunday school teacher, and I was in third grade. She was teaching, and here was her Bible verse of the day. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is... Right. And if I said that, I would get a couple of cookies and some lemonade. That's the only reason I would memorize it. I could care less about what it applied to. I wanted the cookies and lemonade. So we're driving to Grandma's after church. As we're driving there, Mom said, well, Danny... That was my mom could say that to me. David Pittman calls me Danny. He's the only other guy in this world I allowed to do this. He said, Danny. She said, uh, what did you learn in church? She said, parents of the Lord for this is right. She said, well, I hope you apply that. <laughs> What's apply mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> and so uh, I said, good. And I was my mom's favorite because I was a twin. It was unexpected. She's praying for a preacher. God gave her one. And she thought she was going to have one boy, but she had two. Oh, and that was a surprise, October 16th, 1952. So the point was I was her favorite. And she said, you had better listen. You'd be obey me today when you go to grandma's. Because, you know, you keep getting in trouble. I know, mom. Children, obey your parents and Lord, for this is right. We walked into grandma's house. My dad was first. Mom second. My sister works for Natilla the Hunt. She was third. And there was <laughs> Becky. And then there was me and my twin. 
And we're walking in, and Mom is nine, about eight and a half months pregnant. I mean, she's, whew, she's big. And she's walking in, and her mom says, Hey, Margaret. Hey, Mom, how's things going? You know, and they did that little country kiss, you know. And, and uh, Dad walked by. Hey, good to see you, you know. And I, my sister, hey, Grandma, and give her a hug. And Grandma looked at me and said, Don't touch anything. Don't you touch a thing. Yes, ma'am. We sat down and ate. When the meal was over, Dad was going to go fishing, and Mom was going to go lay down. She's getting ready to have a baby. And Mom said, now listen, Dan, you learned the verse today. I'm going to take a nap. Children, baby, parents, and the Lord. This is right. Do not, do not disobey Grandma while I'm sleeping. And don't mess with your sisters. No fussing, no fighting. You can go outside and play. Grandma had a swing set off the side of the house. And Mom said, do not play ball in the high weeds. Grandma saw some copperhead snakes out there in those weeds next to that tree. You stay away from the weeds. Okay. So my sisters, bigger than us, took the swings, two swings, back and forth. You know, the, my fat sister's in this one, skinny one's in this one. Just boom, boom, you know, going back and forth. And they're razzing us because they cannot get in the swing. We can't use the swings. So my twin and I find an old yellow softball. We start throwing it to each other. Same, same. Remember the same. Did she say snakes? Yeah, I think she did. What kind of snakes? Well, she said it was, you know, you know, brass snakes or copper snakes. I don't know what they are, you know. He said, you know, you want to get some snakes and tease the girls? You got it, bud. So accidentally on purpose, I took that softball and I threw it into the weeds. Notice the phrasing, accidentally on purpose. So I could not get blamed. It was an accident. We went out there looking for that softball and we threw it deeper. We found some wood, some old logs some old salt lumber and moved it around and there was a, sna- a nest of snakes. Oh, them little things. I picked one up and he kind of liked that. And if you squeeze a young snake from the tail up, his eyes about bog out. Buh! And that little tongue comes up. Rah! You know, cool. I say, I'll take the big one. You've got the little one. I got one snake in the left hand, a little baby in my right. And Sam got the same thing and we got the girls, got in front of the swing set. Hey, girls! You know, <laughs> Grandma said, stay out. Mama said, stay out. You better obey. You know your Bible verse. Yeah, I do. And I took that snake when my sister Kay came forward. She was in eighth grade. And my, I mean, you should have seen this. She's swinging forward. You better not! <laughs> and those snakes, <laughs> eighth grade girl, <laughs> fell out of the thing backwards. Little stubby legs sticking up in the air. She was in shock from hitting the ground. I pounced on top of her. One snake in each hand. I owned her. She gave me her life. She was confessing things that she didn't even do. Get them out of my face. I'll do it. I own you. My twin was doing the same. But grandma was watching us out the kitchen window. Now well, they're my grandkids, just let things go. And, you know, they love Jesus. After all, they went to church this morning, and I don't want any interfere. Are you kidding me? My grandmother told me, my daughter may have brought you in this world, but I'll take you out, okay? <laughs> she was one tough lady. And so she's watching this as I'm squeezing my snakes. <laughs> they, they were dying on me. <laughs> You know, and, 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 uh-oh, it's like the batteries ran out. I'm in trouble. 
I said, Kay, do not move. Why? The snakes are asleep at your shoulders. Do not move. You wake them up, they'll bite you. Don't move. Promise? Yeah, yeah, I promise. Do not move. I took off, went back to the nest. I said, snakes. This girl, she's, she's not going to move. I mean, she's been snaked, all right? She's not going to move. And so I was getting this, and I got another snake. I passed my twin, and I'm going back to get Kay. And the only thing he found when he went over to the nest was the mama copperhead. And he grabbed her. He says, if them little ones have this effect, what would a mama do, you know? And we didn't know that. So he took that thing wrapped around his arm, you know, and it was a good side, about five or six feet. And man, and what a head, you know. And he'd squeeze, ah, like that, you know. And man, what an effect. So as I'm going back, Grandma had got my mother up. And mother's standing over my, by my sisters, you know, about nine months gone. What are you boys doing? Nothing. Yeah, girls told me. Give me your hand. And I held my hand out, and there's a little live copperhead in that hand, just kind of looking at my mother. And, uh, and she said, do not move. Sam come around with a big snake. He saw mommy, dropped it behind his back. When he did, my mom, my mom said this, Samuel, you're the oldest of the twins. If you've got a snake in your hand, I'm going to spank you first. I'm telling you what. I'm, when I get done with you, then dad's going to do it. And, and, and when he brought the snake around, he put it right in my mom's face. Boom. She had no idea what a copperhead looks like three inches from your nose. Hey, mom, it's only this. And she blinked twice. And she fainted. She like sat down and went over backwards. Hit her head on the ground and she's knocked out. You're standing there. The snakes, the girls. Ha. <sighs> The next voice we heard was not an archangel, okay? It was my grandmother. Don't anybody move. Now, understand this. We're standing there. Mom's laying there. The dead snakes are by our sisters. And, uh, and uh, Grandma said, uh, Danny, get over here. Yes, ma'am. Preach that little snake was full of life. <laughs> that snake was dead before it hit the ground. She hit my hand so hard. She didn't ask to slap it. She didn't ask. She just whapped that little snake. And she said, Sam, give me that. Give me your arm. And she took that copperhead off him, just ripped it off his arm. Becky, go get a hoe. She's going to kill us. You know, you think, go get a hoe. What are you going to do? You know, she's going to take care of that snake, right? But we didn't know that. We thought she's going to turn the hoe on us. And kids, a hoe is a thing you chop dirt with. You know, you do gardening. You may not be used to it. I just want to let you know that. And so as, as Grandma got the hoe, and she said, Becky, get a bucket of water. Wake your mom up. She took that dispatch of the snake. She said, you two boys come with me. So we walked through the house, and she grabbed the family's Bible. She took us out to the smokehouse. <laughs> not the smoke, but... That's what you do meat, you know, the meat house, you know. She took us behind it. It's called the woodshed, where the wood is. How many know what's about to happen? She didn't ask for permission. She didn't wake my mom up. She didn't call my dad on the cell phone. You know, <laughs> I could go on for an hour here. But she, uh, and she said, now come over here. And she said, see that willow tree there? I said, yes. She took that hoe and she chopped the limb off. That willow limb was about that long. Then she chopped it in half. Who we're getting better, okay? And she said, boys, I want you to take the leaves off like this. We're going to count how many's on the ground. 
Divide it into two, that's how many you get. I said, we get leaves out of this? <laughs> We're not talking leaves, okay? So we went, 22 leaves. 11 apiece. Sam was oldest. He, she, he went first. Lord, give her a heart attack. Lord, give her a heart attack. <laughs> she was just a warming up with him. Now, my grandmother, about 75 years old, you didn't think she could do much. But those, I'll tell you what, those hickory and willow sticks can bite you, all right? And you don't need... And she'd start uh, right around that leg. Whew! Then she said, sit down. We sit down. Never wear shorts when you're getting a spanking, okay? Wear long trousers. And so we sit down there and she opened the Bible up. Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Your parents have to train you in the Lord, for this is right. This is the first commandment with a promise. Are you boys listening? Yes, ma'am. Next time your mama tells you something, if I'm in the same state, I'm going to come get you. Do you understand that? Yes, ma'am. Now, here I am, 60 years later, have not forgotten that lesson. But my grandmother said she was responsible to help raise me. My mother said she was responsible to help raise me. My grandfather said the same. My dad said the same. And you know what? If I'm the only one left standing, what I'm doing here today, they were right. They were right. And it worked. Young people, you think of the end and the beginning. Parents, you think of the end and the beginning. Eli, his Phineas was no good. But Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, has an everlasting covenant today, and I believe he has family in Israel. I believe when that trumpet comes, I do not know, when it sounds, I do not know their names, but it says forevermore, when he, when that, when he comes, when that rapture takes place, I, I don't know their names, I don't know where they're located, but I believe God's word, don't you? And I hope and pray you'll follow God's word.